Welcome to the Pros on Fire podcast, a show for event pros hosted by two renowned DJs. Listen as industry leaders share their stories, wins, and losses to help fuel your fire. Here are your hosts, Troy Adams and Rasis Batsuli. Welcome to the Pros on Fire podcast. I go by the name of Rasis Batsuli, and I'm in the building, of course, with my partner in crime, aka partner dj i messed that up a few other takes but it's all good though we're gonna keep flowing i got troy in the building with me troy adams troy are you excited about this episode right here man i'm 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 pumped yeah we we didn't want the the our listeners to hear partner in crime because then i felt like i had to confess some certain things <laughs> and i just i don't want to get anybody in trouble so well, there it is anyways, there it is I'm, I'm pumped to be here as always with my man it's going brother on. from another mother brother i see i like that i like that i think i overthought it the last time i should have just said brother from another mother that that's just there it is right there i mean i'm okay that you called me your partner in life like i said your your wife that's not that's I, I mean wife. our listeners didn't get to hear that but your, your wife might be upset when she hears <laughs> yeah this, yeah but. keisha keisha's not gonna like that <laughs> um but yeah man if you could let us know who we have at the pros on fire table today who, who oh, do man, we, we have Troy? We are going to bless our listeners today. We have Taylor Holman with us with Tailored Media and Design. Wait, Taylor, was it Taylor Media Strategies and Design? Did I mess it up already? You did not mess it up. You had there it on go. the first take. There we go. Okay. First take. Anyways, she is a marketing genius. I couldn't even begin to tell you all the things she does. So I'm just going to turn it over to her to basically let her tell you all the wonderful things that she does and all the wisdom she's going to impart on us. Taylor, take it away. Tell us about yourself. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, you guys are not the first and nor will you be the last to say, please explain what exactly it is you do. <laughs> I'm a little bit confused. And uh, that's just a part of my story because as I was mentioning to you before the show started recording, I am a quote unquote responsibility free adult. So I have my hands <laughs> in a lot of things, but at the core of it, I, my name is Taylor Kusa Coleman and I am a marketing consultant and copywriter for wedding professionals. I have had the extreme pleasure of really focusing on the wedding industry since 2015, back when I started as the marketing director at a little company that you might be familiar with called Isle Planner. Yeah, just Isle um, Planner. She yeah. just has a lot of yeah. Over the years, <laughs> I have definitely started a few things, put my fingers in more businesses, and now a lot of people are getting um, to know me more because I get to be a part of the wedding pro team, writing a lot of their blog content that you see. And while Megan was out on maternity leave, I got to host some of the wedding pro webinars, which was like, nice. I mean, in my mind was a really big deal because wedding pro and the knot and wedding wire are such, you know, such humongous companies that I was telling my husband, I was like, when I'm doing these webinars, you're not allowed to move. Don't go stomping around the stairs. Like, please be silent um, because I can't mess this up. But yeah, in in the long and short of things, I just get to spend most of my time thinking on behalf of pros and writing the words that they don't want to write themselves because you go to grad school and it kind of gets pounded into you that you need to learn how to work within the English language. <laughs> well, that's... I've I've been 
lucky and blessed to have worked with you through the the wedding pro uh platform as far as working on a lot of articles so to our listeners that's how we first met so uh i i can speak firsthand of your brilliance and uh and so um we're all stoked ross east and i are stoked to have you here and to to shed some shed some wisdom uh bust some myths all that good stuff uh to all our listeners so i'll I'll dive in and throw the first question at you um Going through your website, I saw one of my favorite statements on your website was we, like you, meaning, well, in this case, me, we as in wedding professionals, uh, your people that would be your clients, we are wedding professionals, not marketing professionals. You're the marketing professional in the, the wedding industry. So with that being said, yeah, because I don't know, I know weddings and I know DJing and I know things I do, but I don't know all things marketing. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see with professionals in our industry. And I'm going to preface this with, I see mistakes, but that is to no fault of your own because, you know, you all start your businesses just like I started mine because I was excited about doing one particular thing, not necessarily because I was excited to wear all of the hats that come along with running a business, marketing being a pretty significant hat that people need to learn how to put on and take off. So right now, I'm going to, I'm really going to drill this down into like what I'm seeing in this moment. And right now it's that a lot of wedding professionals are just straight up not marketing their businesses. Uh And we can all, I think, understand why that's the case because There's this huge backlog of weddings and events that your clients are being a real special version of themselves right now and being very demanding. You're trying to get them done. So the business of being a wedding professional is really drawing people into the moment that's at hand. But when you run a business, it's your responsibility to keep your eyes looking ahead and like what's coming, you know, in the future. And when marketing is the tippy top of your sales funnel, you know, even if you are feasting and gorging on work right now, if you're not looking ahead at when this boom is done and you've literally not done anything to market your business for an extended period of time, you're essentially digging yourself into a hole that you're going to somehow have to dig yourself out of in the future. So I'm not going to be the first person to say this on a podcast or talk about it, but consistency is key when it comes to marketing. And so that's the big mistake that I see people making right now in 2021. If you weren't, if you weren't looking right at me and I was just listening, I'd still feel like you were looking right at me and talking right at me because I, I haven't sent a newsletter out to any of my audiences in uh, well over a month for sure. So I'm very guilty. <laughs> so, uh, Russ, I, I, I know you got a good question. Take it away. What you got? Yeah, man? yeah. But I, see, I've been like a little kid at a candy store because marketing is my favorite topic. Right before I was a DJ, that was that's what I was doing corporately. So my my when you say, and I'm gonna kind of throw it. I have a question, but I got a question before that. When you say like 
wedding businesses aren't marketing themselves. Marketing is so broad now, right? Within it, there are subcategories. What are you talking about specifically? Are you talking about just everything? I know Troy mentioned newsletters, but what what are you not? Are they just not active on social media? Is it, um, you know, no direct mail or not even being at the wedding shows? Like, what what are you what are you seeing overall? That's like, ah, come on, we got to do better because you you even mentioned the boom being over. Like, tell us a little bit, a little more specific for that person that's sitting there. Well, I do post on social media. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I do see a lot of, I mean, most of my friends that I hang out with in person and on the internet are all wedding professionals. So I see a lot of them not posting on social media, right? Like not using that channel at all. Mm -hmm because they're not sitting down and scheduling things out, right? right? Doing your future self a bit of a favor and taking 30 minutes here to schedule out a few posts so that you don't have to think about that for the next week or so. The other thing that I definitely see going quiet is people not blogging regularly anymore. And so when it comes to being found on the internet, right? Which is Mm. how a lot of couples are finding their teams of vendors, right? Mm -hmm. There's obviously lots of, um, you know, direct referrals, but then the other piece of it is just making sure that couples can find you and being active on these digital channels is really important to continue. And that's where I see people really just being like, I don't have the time to like think about what I'm having for dinner tonight. So Mm. I literally don't have time to think about how to strategically be showing up on social media and how to strategically be using my website to build my future business. It's like everyone's just reacting if they have time to react. Mm. And then they're not even doing, if they're not capable of doing that, they're stuffing it into a messy closet of things that they don't feel like they have time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is a good segue into what I was going to ask. So what are the top three areas business owners should focus on for creating marketing content that builds business? So I kind of asked you a little bit of, of which one, but like, I'm still thinking about like, because a lot of us, some, not everybody can be full-time in the business. You got you, some people saying, hey, I'm thinking about dinner tonight. Some are stay-at-home moms and all of that. So if they were to sit down and say, okay, I just heard this podcast with Troy and Taylor and Rossis. These are the areas I need to focus on. Because just hearing you just now, it seems like social media should be a, you know, a pretty strong part in your marketing plan or just whatever you do for marketing. I mean, what are your thoughts there if you were to list three areas? So my answer to this question is a mix of content buckets and marketing channels. Okay. So, but I think in the end, once people hear this section, they're going to be like, yes. okay, I get it. I get it. Let's go Taylor. Let's go. Let's dive in. <laughs> so the first one is educational content, right? You know, inspirational content is where a lot of people feel comfortable and confident when it comes to, you know, making sure they're being active on social media, or even when we're talking about blogging and and whatnot, but there is more, more inspirational content on the internet than like any one person needs anymore. But the reason couples are actively searching for vendors is because 
they have these questions, right? A lot of pros forget that, you know, they know all the answers, but your couples legit, like have never experienced this, right? That's, it shows up in the the overuse of industry jargon when you're talking to couples and then you're like, you're talking up here and they're really down here and you haven't met them where they are. So in order to meet couples where they are, you really need to focus on educating them, giving them the answers that they're looking for. So why this, why does this provide value, right? (laughs) Like, what does this do for me as the professional who's doing it? It positions you as the expert, which I'm pretty sure no one wants to not be known as an expert when it comes to what they do. The second thing is that it helps to demonstrate your value, right? Mm -hmm. What you bring to the table, because if you create educational content that answers a question, but you also kind of weave in a transformational story of, okay, well, this is the problem that Mm -hmm. this couple had. Here's, you know, what we did to fix it, but then focus on the how then you're hitting all of these, you know, emotional pain points, you know, like logical questions. You're, you're making the piece of content way more robust than like, Hey, look at this beautiful tablescape that I designed or this rad playlist I put together. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which, you know, they want to see, but they, they pick up on those cues very quickly by visiting your website or, you know, checking out your storefronts on different marketplaces. Like they get that they're wanting to go deeper. So the educational content is really where people should be investing a decent amount of energy. The next one, I'm going to say that I hate this. I know I'm pretty sure you know where I'm going with this, but let's do it. Let's do it. TikTok and Reels. Oh, and I don't know if this is a cussing. Oh, podcast. let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> let's I talk about like, it. <laughs> I am not stoked about this marketing channel, um, but it is a necessary evil right now. Wow. So when it comes to the different, I always talk about marketing as a, a toolbox, right? And you have different tools that you can pull out to fix different problems. So if your problem is wanting to grow your audience or be exposed, like have new eyes and new potential customers exposed to your brand. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> grudgingly, realistically, reels and TikTok videos are the marketing tool that you need to pull out in order to do that. And the reason is and you know, we all know, we see things go viral, right? Yep. Like Instagram and TikTok are being extremely generous with how much they let that content out, right? So, you know, in in a marketing jargon term, it's impressions, right? They're letting, they're giving pieces of content a lot more impressions than they would give, than Instagram specifically would give a a photo post. So you should take advantage of those platforms being nice to all of us and <laughs> that content. Um, I have promised myself to create one reel a week for one Let's of my go. businesses. Let's go. And because that's what I have the capacity to do, 
right? Like one reel tends to at least take 30 minutes of yeah. my time, which is infuriating. Yeah. Yeah. And my mind doesn't think in moving, you know, images. So like I'm, I'm having to exercise a new part of my brain and learn new tools to become more comfortable with it. But I know that in the long run, it will be advantageous. So I'm going to do it as an angry millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, and the last uh, like area that I think is important and it's tied back to this, you know, demand for reels and TikTok video is entertainment. So people go to the internet to find answers and to be entertained. And so that's the type of food that the marketing machine wants to be fed with at the moment, right? And it's, you know, you see it in TikTok videos and reels, right? Like we can get sucked in because we're just like, oh, you know, we just start staring at our phone because, oh, that was kind of cool. Oh, this was interesting and funny. And it just like never stops. So Instagram knows this. That's why they're doubling down on this, you know, on reels. They know that people want to be entertained. And so because they realize it and are doubling down on it, we all also need to realize, accept, and double down on the entertainment piece of content, which is not something people have really done in the past, right? It's like traditionally been, let me teach you X so that you come to me. But now basically we all have to be like micro influencers and, you know, act like we're famous actors and video producers, but those are the three (laughs) shots fired. Oh man. Uh, I I, I like, I like what you at right here. I'm with you. Like I'm giving you kudos real like i'm thinking about that person reels and creating tiktoks can be very time consuming oh my gosh yeah i mean it really can and i'm glad that you shared that hey just start with one a week just start with the i guess consistency is better than trying to post a reel every day because you're watching this influencer and and you and and we're all on instagram seeing that yeah you can make a million dollars on instagram with reels or blah 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 whatever (laughs) that you got i mean you nailed it on the head you got you got to start small yes uh oh my gosh i'm just sitting here i'm sitting here going yep that's me literally i woke up at 2 30 in the morning last night and decided let me just go look at TikTok and some reels for 15 minutes literally an hour and a half later i'm like it's 4 a.m i'm just gonna get up now i'm just gonna oh, that's what they want you to do i know i'm like i cannot believe i just got did em. this i went through all this and i'm like what did i get from this now I will say one of my shout out to one of my fellow wedding pro educators, Vanessa Joy. I have watched her like master reels and I've watched her follower count go from, I think, I mean, a few months ago, I think it was at 50,000. Now she's at 75,000. I think, I mean, it yeah. clearly it works. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right too. I'm like, man, actually the first TikTok I put out after wedding pro core back in February, got 90,000 views. And but wow. I just can't make myself, I can't get myself to get the time to keep sitting down doing more of them. I mean, no, don't get me wrong, the, the next 10 after that got a few thousand, a few thousand here, but it's still, it's like, but I can't get myself to invest, spend the time to go do it because it's time consuming. 
but we know how important it is. Um, let me shift gears here for a second. So you talked earlier about blogging. So why, why should wedding pros blog? And especially with what you just said too, as far as we know the impact of reels and we know the impact of obviously social media and, and TikTok and education, how does blogging tie into all that? Yeah. So blogging is not dead. I'm I like, was, oh, oh, not why, did, why did you do that? That was literally the sentence that was sitting like on the tip. Y'all can't see me right now. That sentence was sitting on the tip of my mind. And she just like, <laughs> she just like pulled water all over it. Mic like, drop, bam. mic drop, mic drop. Cause you know, that's the talk on, on, on the net right now about blogging, but I'll let you say what you got to say. Yeah. So I feel personally attacked when people like I hear them talk about blogging as a dead marketing channel. Okay. It's infuriating to me because blogging is how you do SEO. SEO is not a one and done thing. It is an exercise like yoga or running or riding a bike that you need to practice over and over and over again in order to see any fruits of your labor. Right. So blogging is the main channel that you do that with. And before I dive into like the why people should blog, the first thing that I like to do that I think helps people understand the importance of a blog is Google wants to know that there is a human that gives a crap about any particular website. And so if you build a website and you wash your hands of it and you consider it done and you are never making updates to it minus maybe on a yearly basis you are raising your prices because that's <laughs> a good thing that's a good thing to do um, if that's the only thing you're doing then to google your website looks like it's flatlining right mm. so the blog i like to call it or refer to it as the heart of your website and even if it's on life support and you are only blogging a few times a year, it at least is registering some sort of pulse, which tells Google that there is a real live human being who gives a crap about this website. And that's one of the reasons they should pay that Google should pay attention to that website. So that's my soapbox piece of this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. The next reason is, you know, tying this back to SEO and blogging, SEO isn't just about trying to rank for the keywords that describe what you do and where you do it, right? So like, you know, North Carolina wedding DJ, that kind of stuff. There's a, a component to search now that is very much focused on the intent, which the intent of a human is hard to put your finger on, hmm. but Google, because it just sits on massive amounts of data and information, it is using these like less direct keywords that people are typing in. And it's trying to decipher, okay, well, they searched for this, but I think their intent was to find a solution or answer like this, mm. right? And so the way that like the type of keywords that people should be blogging about 
are like the next concentric circle out from those main ones that describe who you are, what you do, where you do it, right? So then we're coming back to that educational content, right? So like, how do you like not get everyone to like exit mass exodus off of the dance floor, right? Tying that back to, you know, your client experience of building your parts of your playlist or, you know, how does a wedding planner help their couples build timelines? So you're working in these concentric circles and Google is collecting all this stuff and figuring out, you know, the, the jargon word is indexing. They're indexing all this stuff for your website. And then it gives them what they need to make these like algorithmic calls on when it, they are going to return you on certain searches. So your blog is not dead. Your blog is very important. Your blog can have a lot of impact on your business if you commit to it because it is a long play, but it is essential to the overall health of your business when it comes to being found on the internet. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to... Uh... I'm going to blog and do a reel as soon as we get off this podcast. I can't, I can't, I can't even make that promise. I used to, I used to think blogging was because it's like, okay, I'm going to be real with you, Taylor. So you tell me I need to blog. And then now you're overwhelmed by how you should blog to affect SEO and what words you should use and how many words it should be. And you know, like where should that person start? Like square one, you gave us the deal with reels, but with blogging, give us some tips on some stuff they can blog about. And, you know, wish, what can I start to make it easy for me? Yep. So the best place to start is with what you would consider your FAQs to be. What are the questions that you just repeatedly and consistently get asked by couples? Because mm-hmm. they're not just asking you via email or maybe over a phone call or in person, they're also asking the internet and their fingers are typing. So that is, you know, most pros are sitting on like 10 to 12 FAQs. So if, if you could commit to one blog a month, there's an entire year's worth of blog content, like mapped out for you. There it is. In terms of pace once a month, I think is, very realistic and maybe at a maximum capacity, very realistic for most pros. If once a month is too much, then I would say once every two months, I wouldn't go any lower than once every quarter. Cause then it's like, <laughs> it's not you're really yeah. on yeah. that marketing channel is on life support. But um, on the flip side of that, thinking that you are going to blog once a week is not realistic. Like, yeah. As a as someone who spends more time than she wants to writing, like I'll I'll tell you, it's not realistic to blog once a week for your business and still run your business and service clients and do all these other things. So um, my approach to marketing is very much rooted in what is not going to make you freak out and like chuck your marketing plan into the trash. Yeah. So if once a month is what you got, or once every other month and you've got 10 to 12 FAQs, you're sitting on a year, maybe more's worth of blog content that you can start to just chip away at. Wow. You uh, you said some things that I, I love as far as setting 
minimum goals, reachable goals. I, yeah. And a lot of the educational content that I do with, with the, with, with our peers, I always talk about what I call MDBs, minimum daily behaviors. So I love that you talked about like, Hey, I can do, I can't do once a week, but I can do once a month and I can do one reel a month or setting those minimum marks. I love that. Um, man, we could, I, I, I'm like, I can't, I looked at the clock and realized, oh my gosh, I can't believe like 30 minutes have gone by already. Uh, cause we're going to, we're going to have to do a whole other uh, secondary episode, um, on this. Cause I could keep going. So let me, let me give you one, one last question to, to close out with, uh, and Rossi's kind of touched on it in the, with the, the last question and that, well, we've the whole talk been about this. We're all like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Yeah. How am I going to get all this done? Uh, I'm overwhelmed. So where can pros go to outsource some of this work? I know they can go to you. I'm a, and I'm a big advocate for that. Um, like, so where, what are some things, how can people outsource some of this work or be more efficient in some of the things they do? Well, I'd love to dive into the more efficient part first before the outsourcing piece, because, you know, most people honestly don't have any sort of marketing plan on paper. It lives in their head and maybe it lives in their head. It's like a squirrely version of like, maybe I'll do this today. Maybe I won't. So writing down, this is what, you know, this is how many times I can commit to you know, creating content for social media and posting it. This is how many blog posts I'm going to do. And here are some topics I'm going to work through. Like mapping that out is really the first step to being efficient, right? Like, you know, when it comes to working with your clients, you don't just fly by the seat of your pants with your clients. So why in the hell do people fly by the seat of their pants when it comes to marketing their businesses? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but that's just how I feel about it. So put your plan on paper and then you can actually come up with some sort of system to be efficient around this you know, area of your business. Um, the, the outsourcing piece is not as straightforward as I think some people make it out to be because I'm just going to call it what it is. Like a lot of business owners are very controlling when it comes to their business, right? Like, and you're not going to do it as well as I'm going to do it. or You're going to do wrong. And all these, like, it's a messy soup of emotion. So coming up with the, you kind of have to like figure out what is the most important thing for you to outsource, right? Like, where are you getting in your own way? And so that's the thing that you should try to find someone to outsource it to. Um, and even when you do outsource it, you shouldn't think you're going to wash your hands of the responsibility because, That's good. That's good. right, as a business owner, you should have eyes on everything. Mm -hmm. You should know what's going on. Um, I don't think it's ever smart to be totally in the dark about anything. This is how people get caught with their pants down or like locked out of their own websites or like, you know, budgets get blown because they weren't right. Like these are all things that I've heard ha like actually happening to people, which is terrifying to me. Obviously I don't have control yeah. issues at all. <laughs> um, but so it really is about finding the right person for the right seat on, you know, your own version of the crazy train. Um, a good example is, 
I definitely see a lot of people on different forums asking for referrals for virtual assistants. And they say, I'm looking for a virtual assistant to, you know, like take care of my office admin and my blog and posting on social media. And I'm like, those things don't really go together. Those skill sets typically don't go together. So they, they market it like that, though. That's a sad I know. Thing. Yeah. Which I have, I take personal <laughs> offense to that. <laughs> I see people doing that. Um, so I don't think I'm just going to put it out there because I this is a blog post that I haven't gotten around to writing, but I want to. I don't think that you should be having a virtual assistant write your blogs. Like mm-hmm. they're not copywriters. They typically don't understand SEO. Right. So like, what are you paying for? Mm, talk to him, Taylor. Yeah. 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 Preach. Preach. I'm a brutally honest person. Obviously, I'm like splitting the beans. I have control issues. I'm a brutally honest person. Um, I'm a realist. But so there are a lot of really amazing people who specialize in advertising and copy and social media. But marketing tends to be very like compartmentalized with Mm -hmm. what people specialize in. So if you want to outsource it, I don't think that anyone should go into their search with the expectation that they are going to find one person who does it all. Like that's the fundamental flaw in the search for marketing support is those you those people are unicorns and <laughs> they are hard to find. And if you do, they're probably real expensive and then you're not going to be able to work them into your budget anyway. So find the, identify the piece that you are getting in your own way over and that is negatively impacting the trajectory of your business. Look for the person who specializes in that and Godspeed from there. Taylor, this is, uh, this is gold. Like yeah. this, this was, this was podcast gold. I'm going to listen back to this like several times, not to, not to uh, like evaluate uh, how, how Rossis and I did, but literally to like, listen to your content over and over and over and over again. This was awesome. Likewise, it was. I could talk marketing shop or just like business in general till I'm blue in the face. It's one of the things that my husband is like, can we talk about something else? (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's like, it's such, uh, it's like, it's challenging in the right ways. It's inspiring. It, it clearly gets me excited and lights my fire. So, um, and I've over the years really had my hands in the, you know, the back end of (laughs) that sounds terrible. (laughs) I've had my yeah, hand. I just, I just uh, that's, okay. You know, that's okay. Just keep it in. You don't need to edit that out. That's me being. Something's a better left in. You should leave it in. Um, but I've, I've seen how businesses operate at different, you know, phases and at different sizes and with different, uh, you know, numbers of people on their teams. And there are always a lot of lessons to be learned, sometimes really through difficult ways and sometimes you're like oh i see that from a mile away i'm never going to do that mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean like i am always so much in awe with what wedding business owners are doing and that's why this you know little me who like wanted to be a teacher is is still here and is like waking up every day to 
to crank on behalf of the people I have the pleasure of working with. Awesome, Taylor. Well, well, at this part of our show, me and Troy like to give some key takeaways that we've learned. And I, Troy, you want to go first? You want me to go? How you want to do it? I'm gonna behave though. I'm only gonna, I'm gonna let you go. One. I'm gonna let you go while it's fresh on your mind, man. Fresh on my Whoa, mind. Okay, run, run with it. Well, the biggest takeaway. Side note: marketing and advertising are two different things. I'll just put that out there because some people use the advertising word for marketing, and I'm like, okay. Well, let's call Taylor because you need to understand the. Okay, let me back out of that. Sorry. All right. So the key takeaway thing that just rings is the importance of blogging. And that blogging is not dead because podcasting is the thing now and da 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 da. And I just, I've seen what some wedding professionals that really had nice blogs just stop. So keep blogging. Well, for in my instance, start blogging and blogging is not dead. That's the biggest. Well, it's not the biggest because she shared a whole bunch of nuggets, but it's the thing that rings the loudest because literally when she said that, I was like, wow, how did she know that I was thinking that? So I'm going to start blogging. ASAP. And can, well, okay, be quiet. Be quiet. One key. One key. <laughs> I one was just key. waiting. I was just going to see him like, is he going to go? It was coming it, out. He, it was he, coming. He usually, his one takeaway usually always is like 1A and 1B. No, I'm just going to let him dropped. go. I'm holding back. She <laughs> dropped. Yeah. Uh, I, I do too. Uh, I'm I'm going to call myself out on this. My biggest takeaway is even is kind of what we talked about is minimum behaviors, minimum efforts. And even though I know I'm supposed to do that for perfect example, the last several weeks, I hadn't put anything on social media because my brain, I want to sit down and I want to plan out the whole month. I want to knock out a month. That's what's in my calendar. I spend like a day a month to knock out my social media for the month. But if I get behind or things get thrown, get thrown, get thrown off, I don't sit down and then just do it for a couple of days. I'm like, no, no, I got to sit down and do it for the whole month. So what happened? Nothing. And in the last few days, I'm like, I'm just going to sit down and do some stuff for a few days so I can get something on there. So I'm going to, that's my takeaway is to say, look, just do get started with the, the minimum and get some momentum going. That's my, that's my biggest takeaway. Um, Taylor, I'll, I'll say it again. You were podcast gold. This was amazing. A round of applause. Um, incredible information. We are definitely going to do, we might have to break this episode up into like into two, two nuggets. I don't know, but we're definitely doing another episode gotcha. for gotcha. sure. Cause that was incredible. Thank you for joining us. Yes. I, it, this is always, like I said, a, a bright spot in my week because I actually get to interact with real humans in real time. <laughs> so if you guys want to talk more marketing shop, I am here for it. That's what I'm talking about. Bam. All right, y'all. Awesome show. Check y'all out next time. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pros on Fire podcast with Troy and Rossis. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit prosonfire.com for more information.